Welcome to Matinee with Matt, the ultimate rendezvous for all things entertainment. My name is Matt Kreeth, a film critic, and I'm joined weekly by my husband, Michael. Not so much a film critic. So grab your popcorn as we dive headfirst into the world of movies, TV shows, books, and beyond. Well, welcome everyone to a, another episode of Matinee with Matt. Uh, when we first started this podcast, Michael, we were talking a lot about having uh, some friends on as guests and to talk about some some movies and, and TV shows that they really like and they're kind of experts in. And well, because we don't have any famous <laughs> guests yet. We have to work our way <laughs> to yeah. some famous, uh, famous guests, directors and actors and whatnot. But today... We have our very first guest on our podcast. We figured out how to do it. <laughs> to actually have a guest on virtually. Yeah. Please welcome Gabby Belden to Matinee with Matt. Hi, Gabby. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's an honor and a privilege. I thought I was the biggest fan of Matinee with Matt until I went to your blowout hot mitzvah. And I feel like I'm uh. like middle tier. Because Not you true. have a huge fan base. When I turned the big four, oh yeah, it was fun. I loved that party. It was a good time. Yeah, Gabby now got to meet you through me. You're welcome. Yeah. So, what's your backstory, guys? How did how did you all meet? Well, the internet had just come about, and this little <laughs> website was getting started called Craigslist. Oh my god! <laughs> Gabby and I met. Misconnections. Misconnections. Yeah. Misconnections, yeah. We met in first grade, first grade. I guess. Yeah, Miss, Mrs. Robinson's class. I mean, we've just kind of been doing all the way since then. I don't know what year would that have been. I don't know. How old are you, Did Michael? Somebody do math. <laughs> I know. This is this is like my Achilles heel. Um, I would guess the early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah, we'll just say that. I think my mom, she drove a Honda Odyssey. <laughs> Not a Bentley. We, her, Victoria, and I don't share that in common. <laughs> It's you trying to cover up from your adorably privileged life. I'm just, just putting that PSA out there. I'm just saying, you guys gave me a lot of shit the other day uh, because Gabby and I, our love of movies together, we, my dad and I had a homemade movie room in our house and Gabby a and I theater, would- A home theater. Okay. It, okay. So we had this place to watch <laughs> movies at home. That I, that was the first time I was electrocuted was helping him put it together. <laughs> uh, but probably the only time, hopefully, knock on wood, I don't- it, I, I, was I think about I'm to too say, old now. You said first time, like this is you're you're on your seventh. <laughs> it's like a cat, nine lives. I consider myself pretty handy, but I digress. Gabby and I have been have been knowing each other for uh, a while now, and I know better part of thirty years. Goodness, yeah, wow, okay, ah, uh, wow, time. Oh, <laughs> I know, Gabby. What was your first memory of Michael, or like maybe even? favorite like early memories of Michael? Well, I was a resourceful child and I had working parents who did not have time for me to do extracurriculars. So I figured if I wanted to do an extracurricular, I had to con all my friends into doing it with me. So I would always have a ride. And I recruited Michael and Mary to join my soccer team. <laughs> well, I recruited Michael by default, Mary. Oh, you crack. And I just remember them having the most miserable time. <laughs> we did. And then now Mary, it paybacks a bitch though, because now Mary's kids are in soccer and like actually enjoying it. And so Mary's your sister. She is a full on soccer mom. I know. 
Um, but Gabby also she is she's selling her skills short because she not only recruited me and Mary to be in it, but like I feel like the rest of our first grade class was also oh, yeah. on that side. About seven other kids. Like I built the yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, so I could go to this YMCA yeah. soccer. This was in Katy, Texas. Yeah. And then I I think just over time, we just got closer and closer. And Michael's more my brother, I feel like, than my friend. I mean, when you've been knowing somebody for the better part of your entire life now, it's like, well, hey, I hope you like them. I love you. So that's good. <laughs> but yeah. Do you remember your first movie you ever saw? I don't think I can remember my first Me neither. movie exactly. I remember seeing movies that were re-released to theaters, like Disney would do re-releases. Mm-hmm. Because okay. I remember seeing Pinocchio and like Snow White in theater. But I know that wasn't my first movie to ever see. How about the first one that stuck out that you really loved? That you had the VHS tape and you could just that watch it again. That I had the VHS and I yeah. wore that tape out was Oliver and Company. I remember (laughs) that movie. I loved that movie. And I would like do the dance like Uh I was the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see, but she is doing Doing the the dance. dance. Yeah. And uh, the Jungle Book because I looked like Mowgli. So that was one of my nicknames growing up was Mowgli. That had to be pretty scarring, but we don't have that kind of time on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was cute. I I looked just like Mowgli and I would walk on my knuckles and stuff. It was. Uh, She played into it then. She was. (laughs) She was born an an actor. I leaned in real hard. Oh, goodness. Okay. So those were like memories of then, I guess, movies and things you saw. What would you say then? is your favorite movie like now then in that all time let's go all time i feel like i'm a lot like anybody else where it's based on season and mood Ooh, where a movie okay. will come out that you'll watch a million times yes and, and it changes all the time like because it has been spooky season i watch she's a seasonal gal like hocus pocus and monster house on repeat you do love christmas monster is house. coming up or Thanksgiving, I can't, I guess I can't skip Thanksgiving and blow right past it for whatever reason. It's like planes, trains, and automobiles and Uncle Buck. I get that. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if we, if we're going all time, all time, it would be Life is Beautiful and Bridesmaids, which are two, two very, very different movies. <laughs> she has range. I do. And I'll watch anything at your wedding. I. <laughs> Michael did the bridesmaid speech at my wedding. Not during the wedding. We kept it really nice and classy and it was a respectable event. But we, Marlene and I did this scene. We were probably drunk. I'm sure we were drunk sitting outside at the resort. Okay. So bridesmaids and a beautiful life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. What is it about life is beautiful that you love? Probably because where I get my love of cinema from is my dad, since I was really little, has always been like, okay, kind of like a one for you, one for me sort of thing hmm. when you watch movies. Uh, we'll go see your movie, but then you have to see this classic, mm-hmm. or we'll go see that's the fine. remake, but you have to watch the original. Um, and I think that's one of his favorite movies. So okay. it was kind of an on-repeat in this beautiful depiction of the strength of a father's love or a parent's love for their child. And even when the world is falling apart, you can put everything aside 
to protect your kid or to show them and teach them to always look on the brighter side, even though Life is Beautiful is set in the Holocaust in a concentration camp. Yep. And Roberto Benigni's character makes light of everything for his son to protect him, not only physically, but mentally from the tragedy of the situation. Yeah. I, don't, I have not seen that movie. I'm going to have to check it out. It's also a movie that you're going to have to be in the mood to watch because okay. it's a Debbie Downer, but it's also really funny. But to me, many times I'll have a movie playing in the background as I'm doing something to scratch it off the list. But it's in Italian, so there's subtitles. Oh, okay, okay. So definitely this is like a sit-down, pay-attention. For sure. Yeah. Also, Roberto Benigni is just his humor, his voice, and he has these little catchphrases throughout the movie that I say all the time, repeats throughout the movie. He's like, buongiorno, princesa, when he's trying to win over his wife. You say that to uh, Jason in the morning? I say it to my husband and my dog all the time. (laughs) But you and I were talking the other day about um, the Oscar win for Roberto Benigni and how much you love that moment. Like you have you like rewatched that on YouTube a bunch? Whenever something happens at the Oscars that takes away from a beautiful moment, all everyone does is focus on this silly thing that happened or this obscene thing that happened. For example, the Will Smith slap. Yeah. What happened there? I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just kidding. Both of us were like, on. you serious over there? I'm <laughs> just kidding. I know he tripped and fell. But when they called Roberto Benigni's name that he had won for Life is Beautiful, he was in such shock. I love that. That he he like had the zoomies. He didn't what? walk straight down the this. aisle Climbing to accept over his and, yeah. oh, <laughs> He I ran mean... back and forth. This was a different time. He, like, kissed a bunch of people on the way, <laughs> way up there. This is definitely a different time. It was a different time, guys. <laughs> what year was this? 98. Well, he won for 98. It would have been in 99, I think. Yeah. And But everybody okay. was about it. Yeah. It, was, it, it seemed consensual. Everybody was equally as excited for him. And his speech itself is just playing to the name absolutely beautiful. No. Oh, I see what you did there. I think I have probably seen this. Oh, it was like, very like well known in the moment. Like, Matt yeah. and I will do this thing occasionally where we either have like, you know, shared a bottle of wine and then we're <laughs> turning on YouTube and then we're just watching award speeches. Yeah. Tend so, to be what we do. <laughs> I probably have seen it. That's adorable. But I gotta check the movie out. I gotta check the movie out. Okay. All right. So she's got range all the way from Kristen Wiig to... Roberta Benigni. Yeah. One and the same. Uh, but the reason that we're here today, and I'll get to talk to both of you about, is Gabby, you got to join Matt for a film festival experience. Your first experience um, hitting the film festivals up. We'll get into that in a second. But Matt, you've been to more than one, but I guess the one we're going to talk today about is South by Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been to a bunch, but uh, Gabby and I got to uh, go together to South by Southwest this year and we had just a ton of fun. It was an adventure for me because we were, uh, you and I were moving away from Austin, Texas, where South by is located every year. And Gabby traveled in from Houston and, and stayed with us. And you and I, Gabby, we got to go every day and experience all the movies and TV shows and panels and got to meet a lot of celebrities and, and just had a ton of fun. It's a lot of work. Though. It's a grind. It, it was a full-time job for a week. Yeah. And what's funny, we were talking about this the other day, is that there's so many 
movies and well i guess it was a lot of movies that premiered at south by that many of them still haven't come out yet and a lot of that is because of the strikes that are that were going on uh the writer's strike that's now uh, done with and a deal has been made and hopefully by the time this recording comes out uh, a deal will have been made for the actor strike but um, a lot of these movies have fingers crossed. Yeah, they're they just uh, you know there's no promotion going on for any movies and TV shows from actors. The um, a lot of projects that we saw that we absolutely loved have been delayed, and some of them we don't even know when they're coming out. Um, but we'll talk about some of those in a second. How are you feeling, Gabby, going into South by? It's such a huge festival; thousands upon thousands of people go there for movies and music, and and just descend on the city of Austin. I was really inspired by you, your previous yeah. year, that would have been 2022 at South by. And I think I texted you immediately after. I was like, the, the next year I will be your assistant. I'll be your ride or die, whatever you need from me. Like, I want to go. This looks like a blast. Yeah. Um, and as far as prep goes, I watched some YouTube videos on how to plan my day and what to expect. And I really feel as though... I, I wasn't prepared for how grand it actually is. It's massive. And how much of a grind it actually is because in my mind, it's one theater, a few movies, a handful of celebrities, a blast, and it's easy. She was Not true. wrong. That's it's a false narrative. Several theaters spread across Austin, hundreds of movies, hundreds of celebrities, thousands of people. Hundreds of degrees of temperature. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. I feel like it yeah, was... Yeah, you said that cold snap and I had to borrow your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is March, so it's just, you know, in Austin, it's, uh, you know, could be 50 degrees one day, could be 90 degrees the next day. And it it lasts for, I think, 10 days, nine or 10 days of festival. Yeah. And Gabby and I did probably eight or nine of those days. Yeah, we, I, I only missed one of the days... And Matt and I beforehand just combed through the South by South website. It's funny in my notebook, I actually still have all a whole list of Your movies plans. that we were trying to see <laughs> and just reading through the synopsis of all these movies and trying to nail down which movies you wanted to see because something nobody prepares you for is South by Southwest FOMO. Yeah, oh, I know. you can't see it all. There's no way. It is impossible to see everything. It's impossible to go to every panel discussion. It's impossible to go to every movie screening, especially because of how Austin is laid out. Like you said, some movies will be showing and screening at uh, Alamo Draft House, which isn't so far from downtown, but it's not exactly like next door to other theaters. And then most of the big premieres that you and I really want to see were at the Paramount Theater. And that is like long lines, even though I had a, a press pass and you had bought a pass, like it, you have to stand in line to even get in. Uh, you're not you're not guaranteed a ticket and uh, you have to wait an hour at least beforehand. And so we're basically eating Chipotle in line uh, waiting to <laughs> get into the Paramount Theater. And you just, you hope for the best. And you and I really do feel like there was a lot of benefit of being a duo because we had those things of, I'll grab you a drink. I'll be waiting in line for you. Yeah. I'll be saving your seat versus people who were solo. You would have to try to make quick friends if somebody would be nice to you or people who had bigger groups just made things very impossible to find seats together or get into a showing together. And we saw a lot of like the same people. So we'd go and see a screening at 
you know, Alamo Drafthouse or something. And then we would end up seeing them next to us in line at like Paramount. Like it was the craziest thing of like how many people are trying to zigzag their way through Austin, Texas, trying to get right. to everything that they're trying to get to. And correct me if I'm wrong, but last year was when they introduced like a Disney World type app with fast passes. Oh, oh yeah. So, and we had the most stress of our lives <laughs> trying to get in to certain like big screenings. In years past, they've like they've had apps, but they're definitely buggy. And they uh, you you can see kind of you know how full a theater is getting on the app before you even get in there. Um, but you know we we did our best and we got into almost I think every single thing we I think we got into almost every single thing we wanted to get into. Um, and you kind of have to pick and choose. So there are definitely days where after like a full week of doing it, both of us are exhausted and we're like, do we want to? you know, go to this 10 a.m. screening or should we just try to sleep in and go to like a noon right. different one or something like that? Um, but, you know, we we did it. No, you had to go because now I'm having flashbacks to the time period y'all were there because it was also the same time period we were trying to sell our house. And I remember oh, yeah. Gabby <laughs> would get ready in the morning. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Gabby would get ready in the morning and then she'd come to the kitchen trash can with like all of her hair in her hand to like throw it away because she's like, I'm cleaning it. I was trying it. my yeah. best. I'm a shedder. <laughs> One of the things that we also had to do with South by is uh, divide and conquer so that we could split up to see certain things. Odyssey more. So many can, of yeah. yeah, many of these showings are happening at the exact same time, but in completely different places. Yeah, and in addition to that, there were panels too. So what South by does very well that a lot of other film festivals just simply don't have are these panels and and conference part to the whole festival where huge celebrities, CEOs of major companies come in and, and give keynote speeches and and whatnot. And so it's it, in addition to the movies and TV shows that are premiering there and screening there, there's all these other things that you and I try to get to and, and get into. And those were really fun. I really liked seeing a lot of those. I wonder if it's because South by is so it's music, movies, or no, it's film, music and innovation. Yeah, like technology yeah. is huge and in so, Austin. So yeah. I had always I had every as long as I've lived in Austin, I've participated in South by, but usually in music and the tech side, because I was either working it. But I wonder if that's where they take like the traditional convention type of model and apply a film festival to it. Yeah, I mean, for sure the South by used to be so much smaller than it is now. It used it's to just huge kind of be now. Yeah. It used to be kind of what Sundance originally was too, where it was concentrating on these smaller kind of independent movies. And then, I mean, we'll talk about it in a second, but the big opener this year at South by was Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which already had distribution, already was coming out, I think like two weeks after we saw it at South by. Um, But it was the big premiere and we wanted to go and we did. And it was amazing. That was the first movie we saw uh, during the festival, right? Yeah, and all the actors were there. It was all before the strike, so we got to see Chris Pine and Reggie John Page and and uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. She was so fun. She was like, she looked like she was having the time of her life just up on stage. Yeah, she definitely did. They would. They kept trying to ask questions of the directors and Chris Pine and whatnot. And Michelle Rodriguez just kind of took over, I feel like. (laughs) So there's like more questions for Michelle, please. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> and she would never really answer the questions, just go on a rant on how much she loved the cast and how much fun it was shooting. She'd love to work with everybody again. Basically, just how she had a good time and she's still having a good time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was really cute. It's a, like, it's a much more casual film festival. They're kind of jeans some of, and some people are in jeans. And, yeah. And like, and I love that. Like, it, you it know, is Texas. It is Texas, but that's what I appreciate about it. Texas. <laughs> you guys saw Dungeons and Dragon first? We saw that was our first movie. And was Gabby, you the had premiere? That was the premiere. Yeah. It, it the was the world night? premiere of the movie. Yeah. Oh, it was wow. the opening, okay. the opening that's film. Fun. You got to wait around. Gabby had a little interaction with one of the actors from, from the movie, Ooh. didn't you? Who? So I, I hate, I don't like to gatekeep, but this is one that I do like to gatekeep. And if you want to meet a celebrity at a festival, the place to hang out is the lobby in the bathroom. Yeah. Like Matt said, we always have to go to the bathroom. So before <laughs> the filming, I tried to scurry out really quick. Um, and when I was heading to the bathroom is when all of the cast was walking in. So they're trying to shove us forward to get us out of the way while shoving the actors forward to get them to their seats. And a security guard shoved me like right into Justice Smith's chest because I had no idea he was that tall. Yeah. And both of us were surprised by it because security's pushing him forward. Security's pushing me forward in opposite directions. And I was like, oh, wow. Hi. And he was like, oh, hey, this is a weird way to meet somebody. <laughs> we're both going up here. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like the whole cast behind him and me trying to be really cool and not starstruck to see Michelle Rodriguez and not be a creep and be like, don't smell Chris Pine. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> that would be weird. Maybe a local woman makes the news. But that, <laughs> that's, 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 that is the... I might have gotten kicked out. <laughs> um, but what about uh, your interaction also with Kiefer Sutherland when we went to the premiere of Rabbit Hole, the TV show that he's on on Paramount Plus? So once again, I had to use the bathroom. I'm telling you, that's <laughs> like something... where they're all at. I mean, they're, peop they're people well, they gotta, too. They got to go too. <laughs> so the neat, the neat thing about when they premiere a TV show at South By is they show two episodes sort of back to back, no intermission or anything. The first episode just wrapped up. And during that, Matt and I noticed that there were so many bodyguards slash security guards in the actual theater. And this was a much smaller theater than any of the movie premieres had been yeah. in. There had to be in the theater itself eight lining each sides of the theater. So we drew some conclusions that maybe something once upon a time happened to keep Kiefer Sutherland and he's just extra cautious. Yeah, for sure. Anyways. Have you seen twenty four? I'm, well, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean he's busy saving the country, y'all. Could have some weird fans <laughs> from that show. So anyways, I go out to the bathroom and he has his personal bodyguard with him and we kind of made eye contact and I was like, oh, hey, but it was one of those single stall family restrooms. So I was just kind of hanging out waiting and the security guard like is inching over closer to me to get in between me and Kiefer Sutherland, which I'm not really speaking to him. I just kind of said, hey, the show's fun so far. Left it at that. Congratulations. And the security guard keeps like inching in between us. And I thought it was so weird. And so I look at the security guard. And I'm like, I, I'm not. It's not. I'm just used, waiting in line for the bathroom. This isn't a thing. You should yeah. have been like, no cutsies. <laughs> yeah. And, and he gave me this look like, yeah, whatever. I hear that all the time. And he was this huge dude with 
lots of cauliflower ear. Oh. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, hey, did you wrestle in college? And immediately goes from stone face to giddy. <laughs> Somebody and he's like, oh, to yeah, me. how'd you know? I was like, oh, the cauliflower ear, like I trained jujitsu. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's telling me all about his, uh, you know, college wrestling experience and not keeping his eyes on Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, and so. that's how we <laughs> stole Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> and he's here in our basement right now. Our next guest next uh-huh. week. Next guest. Our next guest. We're going to get to you Our soon. Our first celebrity guest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah, that was pretty funny. But that's where you have all your interactions, lobbying. Always. In the bathroom. At the bar. Lobby in the bathroom. They got to eat. They got to yeah. go. Yeah. At the bar, too. Like, yeah. So I know you mentioned earlier the writer's strike, the actor's strike oh, has yeah. definitely slowed. I mean, it's it's no stranger. It has slowed down things uh, in the content creation, media production everything across the board uh and so not everything that you got to see is actually out already even though we are talking about something that happened in march of this year yeah yeah which normally isn't the case obvious for obvious reasons everything everywhere all at once premiered at south by the previous oh, year in 2022 great. and you know that went on to win the oscar for <laughs> all the oscars for best picture yeah. and director and, and all of that and you know that and when gabby and i went to south by this year boy did they promote everything everywhere all at once like it was like the greatest thing well they were promoting it as if like oscar winners like premiere here kind of thing and so they there's always ads before the movies and they they like to just kind of highlight the fact that everything everywhere all at once premiered at south by and then went on to oscar glory and and financial glory as well but this year, yeah, it, it um, a lot of the movies that we saw aren't um, specifically uh, out yet, and they're they're still delayed. Some have come out, um, some haven't. But we can talk about some of those. Um, um, the only thing that I was going to add is, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the Oscars during us being at South by, and it won? It was. You're right. It was. So and that's that, yeah. like the so extra were hype that, around yeah. congratulations. Totally. And hey, this could be this could be you guys. And Stephanie Hsu was in a movie called Joyride that premiered at South by. And she literally went from the Oscars where she was nominated. She didn't win. Um, but then like two days later, she went to the premiere of Joyride and they also promoted the fact that she was there and it was a big, Oscar big, big deal. Yeah, it was so yeah. exciting. Yeah, that is, I was like, because, yeah, I wondered if it was like one of the things where, you know, you're walking through your old high school hallway and you see the trophy case and like, you know, every like all the things that have won. Like, did they do that with everything everywhere all at once? Like there was <laughs> a trophy. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense then at the timing <laughs> of it happened. While the while this festival was going on, that's really cool. What yeah. a fun... and Michelle Yeoh and Kiku Kwan were. Um, did you see in... them? American-born no. Chinese. They're in it. Oh, okay. That premiered at South by Southwest, the Disney Plus show, but they weren't there because they were at the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. We had really hoped that, because I think it was like the next day or something that right. it yeah. premiered. And after the Oscars. Take their Oscars yeah. on we, a victory lap. We were so hoping that they were going to show up, but she just no, brought it in her carry on. She was like, hey, I packed this. Can I get through security? <laughs> yeah. She did wind up taking it on tour. She took it everywhere and I even would. took it home to China. I would. Yeah, it was really cute. If I won anything, I would probably bring it around for the holidays. Like, I'd show up to your house, Gabby, like and be like, here's my statue. Could you pass the potatoes? Okay, so. 
That's always, I mean, that's really cool. The success story of uh, South by Film that made it all the way to the Oscars. It's everyone's dream. I know it's hard to pick because you mentioned you had to divide and conquer to choose which movies to go see. You saw some that Matt didn't and Matt got to see some that you didn't. But I'm going to give you, no, I'm only going to give you each one movie and one TV show that you want to tell people about that you saw. It does not have to be out for distribution at the moment. So if it isn't playing anywhere yet, don't let that limit you. Who wants to go first? Gabby. Gabby goes first. Oh, yeah. She's our guest. Ladies, <laughs> she's sorry. our guest. How rude of me. How many of you are looking at Matt like, say something now? So I know that Matt and I shared one, and I'm not going to talk about the one that we shared. I'm going to talk about the one that we didn't share, and that's Late Bloomers, directed by Lisa Steen and writer... Anna Greenfield, starring Karen Gillan, and she plays Louise, and Antonia, who I had texted my friend Marlene, who's Polish, because this actress is a very Polish actress, to read her name out loud. Oh, but, okay. Um, she, never, she never texted me back, because I thought that would have been pretty cute to play the audio of her saying her name in it. Polish. <laughs> but her first name is Margaret. The last name is so Slavic. There's no okay. way I can pronounce it. That's okay. And and do her any justice. But Late Bloomers is about an aimless 28-year-old woman who falls and breaks her hip, which lands her in PT with nothing but senior citizens. There she befriends an elderly Polish woman. Louise is hired by Antonia's daughter to take care of her. It's a movie about two women from two different generations coming to terms with the process of aging. Like, right? Both are at different time at timelines of life. Like, one is aging in their 20s and one is aging in their 70s? So, yeah, late 70s. Okay. Okay. And I love it because it, it falls in both my categories. It's a drama and a comedy. It's a dramedy. One of my favorite things that they did with the Polish actress is they do not translate all the subtitles. Oh. So you get this classic, just physical comedy. Okay. And this comedy that comes from something that's nonverbal or that you don't understand. I thought that was that was really neat. It's a semi-autobiographical story of the writer Anna Greenfield's life which I thought was really fun. And it's just a really heartfelt and funny story that I'm incredibly disappointed does not have distribution at this moment, especially because the movie was great and Karen Gillan is such a huge actress. Yeah. I mean, she's she's Nebula in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Okay. She's in the Jumanji franchise. Like, she's everywhere. Oh, and she's I'm really one, hoping... she has red hair, right? And. Well, yes. I mean, I guess in real life, I mean, yeah. I could be. I don't know if it's natural, but okay, okay. I know who this actress is now. Um, okay, and so it it hasn't picked up distribution yet. No. Do you know if it's been at any other like festivals or anything? Because sometimes that happens where it like makes the festival rounds and maybe tries to pick up distribution later on. I'm I'm not sure. I remember reading right after, maybe a couple of months after South by, that it was getting distribution, but I cannot find that article anymore as to date, or if it got removed because it's not happening, or that streaming service dropped it. Whatever the case is, I can't find anything that says it's 
coming back out. Um, I know I was given a rule about my favorite movie, <laughs> okay. but one little tidbit that I wanted to add was there was a documentary about the Houston Hurricanes, which is an all-female football tackle league in Houston in the 70s. And I wanted to add that in because this November, there's a Houston film festival that it's also making its rounds at. Oh, awesome. So I'm hoping with this next round of a festival run that it will get picked up because as of now, it's not. An honorable mention. for Honorable mention. <laughs> Shout out H-Town. And what about your TV show that you, that you liked? I think that we share that one as well, and that would be Mrs. Davis. For sure. But you can go ahead and, and talk about it because I could probably talk about that all day. Which does have distribution, so we should say it's like oh, yeah, it's, it's on, already been out. It's on Peacock. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you take the reins on that one. Yeah, so uh, Mrs. Davis, we both loved that one. Uh, we got to see, I think, the first two episodes of it. It's currently on Peacock, and it's basically about Betty Gilpin. She plays a nun who goes on a crusade against artificial intelligence that is kind of taken over uh, the world at this point. And the AI tool that is called Mrs. Davis basically asks her to find the Holy Grail. So show ends up becoming about religion and science and all of the differences and similarities between the two. And it's a really interesting show. All the episodes are out now, but got to screen that at the premiere and see the whole cast. And that was uh, really exciting. I loved that show. Uh, Michael, I introduced you to that. Show, yeah, so, so we can uh, we can finish that one then. It's all out. Yeah. OK, yep, it's all out. We got to finish that. And I love Betty Gilpin. She's like one of my favorite actors working today. I loved her in Glow. Uh, we, oh, I loved I, Glow. Uh, I loved that show. I'm so disappointed that got canceled. And yeah, I love just it did not because they weren't thriving. Right. Yeah. They were like mid season filming it and they canceled it because of COVID and they, yeah, they never went back. Um, so then we have a little bit of a movie South by Oreo cookie being created. Uh, we got Gabby's, we got Gabby's movie on one end. We've got the shared love for, which was late bloomers. Then we have the shared love of Mrs. Davis. Yep. For the TV. And then now we're going to go to the other part of our Oreo cookie, which will be Matt's movie. Which I think Gabby and I kind of share as well. We just had a, the time of our lives with this movie. It's called Self-Reliance uh, with Jake Johnson. He directed it. He wrote it. He produced it. I think it was his directorial debut. I think it was his. Yeah. I'm pretty um, sure. And he looked visibly nervous about it when we were I love at, that. when we were at the premiere because he I you know this is probably a baby that he's worked on for years and finally got it to South by and it was a hit like I loved it um basically for those that don't know what South Alliance is uh it takes place in LA Jake Johnson plays just a, a guy down on his luck um and he gets an invitation from Andy Samberg of all people uh, who's playing himself to take part in a reality television game that kind of takes place on the dark web. And it's for a million dollars. If he can survive 30 days without being killed, he'll get a million dollars. And he kind of eventually realizes that if he's alone, then the hunters that are after him can attack him. But if he's with other people, they can't attack him. So he kind of 
recruits Anna Kendrick to to join him on this and and try to split the money at kind of the end if if he ends up winning the million dollars. It's a comedy. It's funny. It's uh, there's definitely some dramatic parts to it, but I just loved it. And I know, Gabby, you had kind of a story that you wanted to talk about from the movie, your reaction for it, right? Additionally, to Anna Kendrick's character, before J- Jake Johnson meets her, he hires somebody to stay with him full time, 24-7. And it's this homeless man played by Biff Whiff who steals the movie. Oh His God. character is so funny. He's such an unknown actor, but if you go to his IMDb, he's been in every big TV show ever. One of those guys. Jury Duty, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Who was he in Jury Duty? He just plays some sort of... He's not a juror? No, he's not a juror. I think he's a juror in the selection process. Okay. But not... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I maybe that's that. how he I knows looked at you and was like, that guy, we just saw him in the, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that part. Yeah. yeah, and he's one of those people that once you know his face, you're like, oh my God, yeah, I do remember him yeah. in this and that. But he does look like Santa Claus. Uh-huh. So, and he's played Santa Claus a million times. If his you look at his name is, I'm looking him up right now. His name is Biff Whiff. Biff Whiff can't be his legal name because even during the q a they were like hey who was that dirty old bum and jake johnson's like oh that's biv whiff he (laughs) he has such an illustrious career of just being that guy in that thing i mean he was speaking of south by full circle he is credited in everything everywhere all at once yeah oh seriously (laughs) we did not plan this no absolutely did not plan that (laughs) <laughs> okay, but self-reliance, is it as can you watch it? Is it out? So n- no, unfortunately, oh. it had a great premiere. We loved it. Uh, everybody there seemed to love it. Anna Kendrick looked amazing when uh, at oh the premiere. Oh my gosh. And uh, it de- it did get picked up from Hulu eventually and uh, and it was supposed to come out, I think last month or the month before that. I think it was supposed to come out like at the tail end of summer. it because I think of the strikes and everything going on, ah. it's just delayed it. and it was supposed to be pushed back to uh, November. and as of right now, there's absolutely no sign of when it's going to drop on on Hulu, yeah, uh, which is a bummer. i'm I'm glad it got um acquired by Hulu at least. It will get to be seen eventually, but I hope that they give it a little bit of promotion once the strikes end because uh, Jake Johnson deserves it. It's a great directorial debut and a great script. It's really funny. It's really interesting and kind of unique. And it's a little bit of a thriller. Uh, There's great music in it. Uh, I loved it. I feel like it's one of those movies like Bridesmaids that is one of those feel-good comedies mm-hmm. that you could just watch over and over or have playing in the background. Okay. Because despite it being this kind of fun thriller, it just has this zingy comedy that you'll wind up quoting and laughing about. And It'll come out. Like, if Hulu yeah. bought it, like, it will. And I was going to say, one of these, like, weird... I guess it's not a it's not a beige flag because it doesn't make me that it doesn't make me that unique. But I guess in my mind, talking about like films here, knowing about the production creation of a film and whatnot. But I'm a little bit like in the back of my mind, it's going to drive me a little crazy knowing that you this movie has been like sitting on the shelf before it reaches the public. Not that everything has to be served up super fresh because, you know, editing. But man, 
I hate that it's just well, sitting there. I mean, it's like Mrs. Davis premiered, and then I think it premiered on Peacock maybe three weeks later, something like that. Um, and same with Dungeons and Dragons that premiered at at South by and then came out quickly thereafter. So, you know, it isn't, you know, always the case, but it does suck that, yeah, it's just sitting there and poor Jake Johnson is probably like, I just want everyone to see what I've probably been working on for years. All right. So we've got a few things that the listeners, myself included, are going to have to wait to see. Mrs. Davis is out. And so we can check that out on Peacock. We have started it. I think we got yeah. maybe like three more episodes to go. It's really good. Like it a lot. Did you guys go any to any? Uh, we talked earlier about the uh, convention style of the festival. Did you go to any just to like specific panels? Gabby, you go first. Yeah, we did go to a few, but I'm just going to talk about the highlight probably of my life, which was <laughs> William Shatner's promoting Bill, his movie about himself, uh, hosted or proctored, whatever you say the interviewer is, uh, Tim League, who owns the Alamo Draft House. So Bill ran that panel. Poor Tim League had no idea what he was getting himself into. No, I think bro. he got very flustered. Does he go by Bill? Do you know, like, did he introduce himself um, as Bill Shatner? The movie is called You Can Call Me Bill. So oh, why okay. not? Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. She's yeah. following instructions. Okay. Go on, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he doesn't, if you're his friend, you don't call him by his government name. You call him Bill. Okay. That's how, that's how I know that we're friends because I call him Bill. Okay. But he just commanded that stage for how how old is he? Ninety two, oh, ninety one. I think at least in I would have said in his eighties, but you might be right. I, he's um, in his nineties. He is a young whippersnapper. Um. Oh my gosh, he is he's ninety two. Nailed it. I mean, I know my boy. Yeah, I know <laughs> my know boy. Your boy Bill. You know your boy Bill. Started riffing. He got up out of his chair. Well, those knees were walking around <laughs> the ballroom, the conference room, whatever you call those. Talking to the crowd, messing with the interpreter. Oh, the sign language interpreter. Yeah, he did not need Tim League. No, to be there I, like, at all. I, like it William Shatner could have gone on that stage and just said, "Like anybody have any questions for me?" And then everybody could have just raise their hand and ask questions. Tim Lee did not need to be there whatsoever. It was awesome. And just to, just to see him, me being a, a Star Trek fan, I wouldn't go as far to say a Trekkie. Maybe, who knows? I'm just a nerd, period. But seeing Bill Shatner in person, hearing him tell these incredible stories of his life really unpacked so much that when I watched his documentary, I already heard this earlier today you got yeah, the... he, told, he told the whole thing he basically broke down the whole documentary you got the audible version 100 percent. Okay. it was amazing all right billy boy well yeah that was my favorite oh i mean it's absolutely my favorite and and i knew it was going to be like even though i'm not like a huge star trek fan i i'm a boston legal fan and that's actually one of my favorite tv shows ever okay. and he won several emmys for it and i just i loved seeing somebody in person like that, that everyone has a story about that throughout the decades, they know well, him from Star Trek. 92. Like, well, 92. I would imagine but like, stories. But, but this man could be in his 50s. And I think, Gabby, you and I would have been like, yeah, no, he's just walking around like he's in his 50s. Like, yeah, he was 100%. so energetic. 
he remembered every single story Tim Lee tried to like ask him about. He made fun of Tim and then immediately went into a different story. But like he he just he recalled all these different memories that he's probably talked about a lot, but he just did it with such enthusiasm and comedy and grace. And it was just so fun to see him in what looks like his prime. And he's 92. It's incredible. Absolutely. That like price he line was money. having the time of his life. That that price line money. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he endorses all kinds of stuff, right? <laughs> There's a there's a joke that I'm I might be wrong on this and I feel bad saying it, but um, one of his co-stars from Star Trek once said like, oh, Bill Shatner will will endorse anything if you like pay him for it or whatever. And like, He's gotta he, eat. but like but he does it like he and he makes money. So like, why yeah. not? <laughs> I'm not buying it unless Bill bought it. <laughs> That's my new motto. I'm going to be at this door holding it up and I'm going to be thinking to myself, do I really need this? Did Bill buy it? No, did, put it did back. Bill endorse. So, which means I guess I'm only going to be traveling and maybe looking for a reverse mortgage. Just getting out of. I don't think he did that. That was that other. That was that. I don't think he did either. That. But it's right, probably right up his alley at this maybe. point. Um, you're like, I don't even have dentures, but, but he hey. endorses dentures. So I'm going to buy it. Um, but I loved that one. I I went to uh, Nick Jonas's oh, hell panel yes. discussion I on diabetes. Well, because it was like early morning and I just wanted to well, see then Nick what Jonas. Would Gab- Gabby, what did you go do? <laughs> I saw the hurricane documentary okay. about the Houston football yeah. You didn't like sleep in. You were like, I'm that Matt can go be thirsty over. I couldn't. Nick I needed Jones. a ride. Oh. Yeah, we drove together <laughs> every day. <laughs> Our pulled. She's like, son of a bitch. School starts early today. Uh, but I saw that. I saw Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell talk about their diaper company. Um, you know, sometimes it's just fun to like go to these panels and just see oh, for sure. these major celebrities just talk their shit. It's kind of funny. Okay, so the Nick Jonas ones, though. Well, he was. Was were any of the other brothers there in moral support, or was he- no? It was. It was just him. But he talked about diabetes, and at the end, all these women were handing him like meters, like you know those like glucose yeah. monitors, like whatever. They all handed him like boxes of glucose monitors to sign like the autograph and it was really? like the funniest like it was like not like pieces of paper or pictures or of bras him or, or panties or, like no it was all like monitors i don't know it was Did just he like, sign this, like the box or we the box yeah do you think it was because and not to get off on like a total different uh like wormhole here but like do you think that they had all these were they unopened like they were gonna sell them like they were like oh you know i didn't even think of that i just thought they just brought like whatever was no, relatable like, to they whatever got up, he was talking about. They got up early and were like, we're about oh, I didn't even think money. of that. That's so silly. It was a lot of people doing it. It wasn't like one lady just holding up her box of like a monitor. Well, it was like several different people doing it. Diabetes is a silent killer. So um, <laughs> there's your PSA to be tested. Here's, here's Michael's endorsement. Uh-huh. He's getting on that endorsement train. <laughs> Me and Nick, uh, we both... Uh, endorse it um no okay all right but one of the most exciting things that i think that came with the festival is how the city changed these pr companies these studios they are taking over city blocks they are taking over buses they are taking over houses that are on the east side of austin to like transform into stuff we went to that roseanne house uh yeah oh yeah that was yeah. a few years ago yeah uh, starting with gabby then like what was the coolest thing that you saw that you were like wow that's neat. That's different. 
I'm, I'm going to give you two. Okay. Because I have to give a shout out on one. The first one would be how the Alamo Draft House Bar Highball transforms their bar oh, for a couple yeah. of seasons. And, and you, you were able yeah. to meet us for the Dungeons and Dragons theming, which was really fun and super cool. That was really cool. They changed the whole bar to look like a tavern. With like that big, uh, what, that big cube. Yes. The jealous, jealous. Yes. Yeah, that was really cool. Have themed drinks. I just think that's a lot of fun. I have our photo in my office. I love it. It's so cute. <laughs> and then the other one I wanted to talk about was the PR that they did for Tetris. Oh, they had these actors dressed in suits, but their heads were like Minecraft. Okay, cardboard heads, and they were supposed to be KGB, and they had briefcases with QRs on them. And if you scan the QR, it unlocked a special Instagram filter. Okay, uh, Tetris, and that one was special because Mr. Matt Creeth got to work the red carpet on that one. Oh, at Tetris, and interview <laughs> the cast. Yeah, Edgerton, the guy that we were yeah. excited about. Was the the reason for the season for for that for that movie. I yeah. love that movie though. That was a good movie. And you and you took my picture uh, from afar of uh, interviewing on the red carpet. That was so cute. And I got in trouble from the police and security because they thought I was trying to take pictures of the actors. And I was like, no, the little Jewish one over She's there. Like, my, my little baby. And I even like yelled his name and had him lean in. And I have the funniest picture of it. And they were like, oh, yeah, okay, now move along. And that was a really big deal for me because I'd never like interviewed on the red carpet at the Paramount Theater in Austin. And I'd lived in Austin for six years prior to that. And that was definitely a bucket list item for me. Well, so it was really cool to do the that. The Paramount Theater is, that is the premier theater. So for South By, like there's always a movie that anchors the festival. And that's the theater where it all, all the good stuff yeah. happens. Do you remember what you asked him? Do you remember what he smelled like? I did. So, no, I didn't smell him. Gabby's comment <laughs> about smelling Chris Pine. I was like, man, you guys, you he do. smelled very expensive. Yeah. Chris Pine did? Yes, he did. Um, but no, I did not smell Taryn Edgerton. But uh, so a lot of times when uh, the celebrities walk red carpets for, for big movie premieres like this, um, this one, uh, he was kind of one of the only main actors in that movie. And so a lot of the other people that walked the red carpet were like the CEO of Tetris oh. and, um, and the real people that he was depicting in the movie, like the real guy and, and all of that. And so by the time Taron Edgerton came around, we only had like one or two questions okay. that we could ask as press. And so I think I asked him something along the lines of like, what's your favorite memory growing up of playing Tetris or, or did you play Tetris growing up or something like that? And he said, that he wasn't a big Tetris person, <laughs> even though he was there promoting the movie about Tetris. Nobody gave um, him like talking yeah, points. Yeah, they did not apparently. Um, so I just found that really funny that he admitted that he didn't really play Tetris. But you know, hey, it's all right. Our, wait, our friend Sarah, she plays Tetris like all the time. Like yeah. now, she still plays. Like, oh, I didn't know that. That's she's like, she is good at it. Like, you know, how you can speed it up and just like shoot it straight yeah. to the bottom. She's just like, pew, pew, pew. And I'm like, okay. Still trying to understand <laughs> the rules. Did you get to talk to the people like the guy who invented that to me? The people he depicted, 
are so much yeah. more interesting than Ted. No shade, yeah. Karen. Um, but like the problem, though, is that ni- neither Gabby nor I had seen the movie yet. Oh, obviously, you didn't know who you were so talking. I didn't to know. know. Like I talked to him, but we didn't know. I I didn't know all the backstory that you find out once we walked into the movie theater and speaking into movie, Russia but, and shit. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, like you know, I I basically had to do like a small amount of research on on who he was and whatnot, but. The full story is laid out in the movie. Really good movie for anybody that wants to see it. I think Apple. it's on Apple. Yeah. And the ovation that the real men got at South by moved them to tears and it was really oh, sweet. That is, that is the only time I will accept applauding after a film is when someone is there that <laughs> deserves the applause. Like someone that was, I, I don't even care if it was like a sound mixer or something like a grip that is there in the room. I will yeah. still clap then if they are there because I hate it when, well, I mean, as Gabby well knows now that she and I went to South by film festival crowds, like they applaud at every line of a movie. They laugh at every line. They, because they know the real people, people are in the, in the theater. Yeah. And so, like, they want to, like, show their appreciation. And they should. It's very it's funny. basically like a, yeah. like a theater crowd yeah. after yeah. a yeah. musical number or, like, right. those catchy lines when you go to Wicked or whatever, how the crowd erupts. It's a lot like that. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I will 100% acceptable. I will take it. Okay. So, but did you share a PR thing or did we go? No. So, Gabby went with the Tetris briefcase folks. Which led us to there then. What was the like what was a cool PR thing that you got to see? Um, I really liked when we saw Mrs. Davis, the nuns that oh, were waiting everywhere. outside the theater for us. It was they were all dressed in the same nun costume that Betty Gilpin wears in the show, and they were in full character, did not break. We were in line and they were like greeting us. Um, I think they were saying something like Mrs. Davis welcomes you or like something. I forget what they were saying. Do you remember? Yeah, they were asking us if we had seen Mrs. Davis yeah. or that Mrs. Davis was trying to give us a message. And they were right. also giving out the angel wings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Social media thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was. Uh, so I loved it. I mean, it's really funny when a TV show or a movie just goes all in on the PR. So, yeah, I loved it. But yeah, that was definitely my, I think, the PR um, part of South By that I really appreciated. I liked it. It was funny. That is really fun to hear about y'all's experience at South by Southwest and all of the fun, crazy things that you got to see and do. And I know that uh, film festivals are, you know, a beast in their own. Gabby, you mentioned earlier around like, you know, the planning and logistics of it all. Um, But they still keep happening in that. You've been you've been to quite a few now at this point. And we have we have some coming up, yeah, yeah. Uh, you and I are going to go to the Sundance Film Festival in January. So, so excited um, for you guys! I know, I'm excited for us too. I've never been before. Um, it'll be really exciting to to go and and see a lot of independent cinema and and check it out. And I think you're going to try to go skiing while we're in Utah as well. I do want to try to ski and use that ski pass. But if anybody is listening that is going to be at Sundance, uh, has any tips, tricks, or wants to meet up and say hi, uh, please. Yeah, message us. Please do message us. Um, I was just a. I was just informed that Christopher Nolan will be receiving a an award at the uh, Sundance Film Festival this year. So excited to see him in person and and. Uh, uh, but yeah, looking forward to that. And I really, really, really want to go with Gabby to the Telluride Film Festival next year, uh, because you've been talking about that one for a while. And this year, uh, I didn't get to go, but. 
it happened to be the the festival to go right. to with a lot of pre- like big premieres and um but uh, yeah no next year we're definitely doing that gabby i got suckered into all those promotional emails after south by <laughs> and when they were giving out discount codes <laughs> already have my pass for next year okay. so that's on the calendar okay. for sure yeah and i will hopefully be there as well so we'll be uh, we'll be doing this again i'm excited dream team yeah all right, so South by uh, Sundance, tell you right next year. All right, we got a few to get to. They are super fun. Yeah. Gabby, being our first honorary guest, uh, was we gave her the challenge of bringing the go on segment. I have no idea what you're going to be leading with. I think I think that I am going to do this segment justice. I'm also really nervous. Don't be. But <laughs> Don't be. I'm not nervous about the segment go on. I'm nervous about what I'm talking about because the fandom is so fierce and so huge, which if this ever got out that I talked about this, they would just drag me to hell. I feel like because it will. Well, yeah, obviously go on. That's how I wanted to set it up. (laughs) And I'll pick out a black outfit to wear. I'm talking about the Five Nights at Freddy. Oh, the oh, the horror movie. The, yeah, I, you know I haven't seen it. <laughs> As I'm we've learned last mine. time, you don't like scary movies. Go on. Oh, go on. We already. You said you were going to be murdered yeah. by the fandom, and I was like, "Well, go on, honey." What? Like, and I'm picking out my funeral. Five outfit. Nights at Freddy fandom. Okay. Um. So us three are dinosaurs because I had no idea what the heck this was video game. and how deep it goes that I had to interview my 19 year old and 10 year old niece to help me <laughs> understand this <laughs> because and they call it FNAF Five Nights oh at Freddy. Oh my god they shortened it? Oh yes. yeah there's like hashtags on social media for it yeah. Okay. It, it, it's a big deal but it's just so huge that FNAF beats opening weekend ticket sales for Oppenheimer and Taylor Swift's Era Tour. <gasps> yeah, it knocked Era's Tour off the number one spot. But also, like Oppenheimer, like it, like are you talking about like opening weekend money that it made? Mm-hmm. Like yes. in comparison to Oppenheimer's yeah. opening weekend, yeah, and Taylor's. Well, it not well, yes. it knocked it out of the Correct. number one spot. But so wait, this is what I'm trying to get at. Did its opening weekend make more money than Taylor Swift's opening weekend? Yes. That can't be true. Yeah, it's true. I'm waiting for my go on, boys. Oh, you want more go on? Yeah. More. We're just going to hit it. We're just going to hit it. Go on. So it opened at an estimated $78 million U.S., $152 million worldwide. Go on. Go on. And what makes these numbers so extraordinary is that it had a same-day streaming release on Peacock. Totally. I like was talking Isn't to Michael about crazy? this. Too. On Halloween, so- we were talking about, I swear, I think people didn't realize that it was also on Peacock or they didn't no, no, care. No, 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 they no. wanted to go Everybody to Everybody realized because these fans are crazy huge. This is nuts. They like I, beat out 
as far as a horror release is that like the October releases are so dead because everybody's at Halloween parties. That's what I Okay. According to my research. Not so the kids. It beat out Scream Six and Megan for the biggest horror release of the year. Damn. The adult critics slammed it with Rotten oh, Tomatoes, yeah. giving it twenty five percent. Oh. Yeah. Because we don't know what the hell this thing is. Oh. So they completely slammed it. But the younger audience drove the cine- cinema score mm-hmm. to an A minus, which is the highest horror score ever. Wow. The highest being like Saw 10, which was like a B. Right. Wow. I think I'm honestly still just kind of beside myself about the numbers of how much money it made because, like, <laughs> I, you and I yes. still don't even know like, anything these about fans are so incredibly loyal and like mad respect to the fans and just this Gen Z generation driving these numbers because it started as a video game mm-hmm. and it has 20 video games. Oh, 10 main games. Six spinoff games and four troll games. How long is this? I don't, mean, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> that last one? There's 48 books. 48 books. How long has this and franchise these, been around? I, like mid-2000s. And uh, they're, like, that, all of this is getting thrown out there. Because like my niece is 19 and she grew up with this franchise. Like this is her Star Wars. Wow. And so like. Good for Josh Hutcherson, the star of the in movie it? that he like. Yeah, he's the star. Oh, so I he's would watch like, it <laughs> now, <laughs> just because Josh Hutcherson's in it. <laughs> I tried to look up the lore of this story, which my niece kind of directed me to a couple of YouTube videos. They're like ten hours long. Oh, There's my. so many layers to this story. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, we, I saw it on, we were, I was yesterday feeling in the season and was like, all right, I'm going to watch a scary movie. Um, and I saw it. I didn't watch that one. Cause I was like, well, I don't know anything about that. Too scary for you. I mean, I don't, maybe we did watch a haunting in Venice. Loved it. Uh, but okay. Damn Gabby. That is a good one. I'm still kind of yeah. like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Because I know this is something that they've mentioned to me many times, just conversationally. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, yeah. About the new and grandma's what cigarette the and beer. Is out or, or these YouTubers who have become millionaires mm-hmm. from the gameplay, just of them live streaming this game, their own gameplay. Wow. Like um, Markiplier and MatPat, and some of them even got to make cameos in the movie, which the fans went crazy for. Again, we'd be but watching yeah, it and be like, no idea. These kids have become millionaires just from playing the game on live stream. But this is such a big deal. And I just love that the older generation slammed it. And then the Cine score of the younger generation, who mm-hmm. are the fans of it, Loved it. Blew it up. I guess we'll have to we watch have it to. just to watch it, right? Like if if it ends up being one of the bigger movies of the year, which it sure sounds like it's probably going to end up being that way. Uh, yeah, we got to watch it. Do I smell an Oscar nom? Well, probably not. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, even though we might not know what's going on, like I got to watch it now. Know. I did. I, I honestly feel it. like Gabby, yeah. you have. Well, A, you've definitely set the bar higher on 
us with this go on because I I literally feel like I had to bring it. You did because <laughs> I I feel like there we've discovered a new world because <laughs> I I hadn't game I I somebody told me oh yeah it was a video game I'm like okay cool like great and and, it, and it's funny because when I asked my niece about it. I was like, oh, so it's a video game. She's like, well, it's a video game, but there's also sub games and there's also troll games. What the hell is a books, troll game? <laughs> I don't know. You didn't ask? Then, you weren't like, there's a, on. I'm just trying. I, it's like she's talking to me and I'm like just jaw dropped, drooling, <laughs> trying to even figure out what the words mean that she's saying. Play it cool. And she's telling me about the books. There's novels and there's comic books. And at the end of it, and she's like, but... You really have to understand the lore before you watch the movie because I really do feel like the movie's more for the fans. And I was like, oh, like Star Wars, like when Ahsoka came out. And I was like, well, you got to watch Rebels and you got to read these Thrawn books. And she was like, yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm. She's like, what time do I drop you? <laughs> sure, Grandma. Yeah. Well, uh, what, time do, what time is yeah. your day pass up? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we sound like, have you ever seen the clip of like Katie Couric? And I think it was Brian Gumble on one of the morning shows saying like, can someone explain to us like what the internet is? Oh, when it first came out <laughs> like, from the nineties, yeah. Like that's how I feel. The three of us are talking about Friday. Yeah, like I feel like when I was a teacher, I would always ask my students, "What are you listening to? Like, what shows are you watching? What YouTube? You know, just so I could be in the know of what's happening." But now that I'm not yeah. teaching anymore, I just rely on my nieces to be like, "What obscure thing is popping right now?" And I completely slept on this five nights at Freddy's and now I'm very behind. <laughs> well, thank you, Gabby, so much for being our first guest on our podcast. Thank you guys we for really having appreciate me. appreciate you coming around and uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Matinee with Matt. If you enjoy our show, don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe for more and follow us on Instagram at Matinee with Matt to stay updated on all things film, television and pop culture. That's a wrap. <laughs>